This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. All right, joining us right now is our friend. You hear me have him on when we're down in D.C. It is Ira Melman. He is Fears Media Director. And Ira, uh, give us the situation of exactly what's happening right now. Fears had tremendous coverage of what's going on at the border. Yes, we're right now in El Paso, Texas, which is pretty much ground zero for what's going on. Uh, we've been down here for several days witnessing you know, the fact that the Border Patrol has been ordered by the Biden administration to basically open the border. Uh, we have been along the border here uh, just east of El Paso. Uh, we have seen on numerous occasions where you have masses of migrants on the other side of the border. Uh, the Border Patrol will open the gate, allow them to come through. Uh, they load them on buses and into vans and take them to a processing center where they're then released uh, onto the streets. Uh, you walk around downtown El Paso. Uh, they're just campsites of migrants who have come across the border. Uh, they've been given notices to appear in court, uh, probably sometime in the 2030s. Uh, and they're just waiting for transportation to communities all across the country. They're, they're coming everywhere. Uh, you know, they're not just staying in El Paso. They're heading to Providence, Rhode Island and all kinds of other places around the country. Uh, and it's all starting right here at the border. Uh, and it's about to get a whole lot worse in about 12 hours when Title 42 expires. Ira, and I want to just set this up for people that understand. Uh, Ira, you're you're at the border in in El Paso, in Texas. Uh, what what's it like with the locals? I mean, this if, if anything, it's also a humanitarian disaster. It, it is. I mean, you go downtown. Uh, there is a church there, the Sacred Heart Church, which is about uh, two blocks from the Rio Grande River. Uh, that is where the migrants are camping out. Uh, you know the. All around the church and the streets and the alleyways, uh, there is a bus depot about a half a block away. That's where the charter buses that take the migrants to different points around the country leave from. Uh, they're all waiting for you know their bus to show up. You know, there's far more migrants there than there are buses available. Uh, and so you know, you, you walk through downtown El Paso. Uh, Basically, everything is interrupted. Uh, if people don't want to come downtown for obvious reasons. Uh, this is not only you know affecting the migrants, but it's affecting the small business people who rely on you know people coming across legitimately from Mexico to do business. Uh, local El Paso residents who come downtown to shop. That has all come to a halt because the city is overrun. Uh, and you know, as I said, Title Forty Two is going away at eleven fifty nine. PM uh, Eastern time tonight. And after that, there really isn't a mechanism left because the Biden administration has done away with all the other mechanisms to remove people who come across that border illegally. Folks, again, we're speaking with Ira Melman of Fear, who is at the border in El Paso. Ira, what, what is it like on the other side? I mean, you have thousands of people on the other side. It's It must be pretty daunting where you are just knowing that, I mean, this is like a, a boiling pot that's about to blow over. It is. I mean, we, we have actually been able to get a look. Uh, we have a drone. Uh, we have sent that drone up along the border wall. You can see on the other side of the border, there are hundreds of migrants uh, waiting at all the various gates. These are not regular ports of entry. The border wall has these gates you know, for obvious reasons that in case of emergencies uh, that need to be opened. These are being opened now by the Border Patrol periodically to allow the migrants who have massed on the other side to come into the United States. Uh, what they wait for is buses and uh, fans to be available uh, to take the migrants to the processing centers. But once those vans uh, and buses arrive, they open up the gates, people come through. Uh, you know, once those buses are filled, they close the, the gates again until the next set of buses and vans can show up. Folks, again, we're speaking with Ira Melman of Fear. He is the media director. Ira is down at the border. Now, Ira, let's talk, uh, you know, real uh, facts here. You have Chicago, New York City mayors saying no more. Don't send us anymore. Now, meanwhile, 
As you know, Ira, Rhode Island, the governor just approved driver's license for illegals. The, the new governor, Governor McKee, has said all migrants are welcome to come to Rhode Island. What type of magnet does that make Providence, Rhode Island? It makes it a huge magnet. Look, every sanctuary community and state in the country is now a magnet because people understand that if they go to those locations, they're going to be provided with all the benefits and services that you know anybody else can get. Uh, that's a tremendous magnet. Look, uh, you, you see these people coming across; they're destitute, and, and you know it's hard not to empathize with them. Uh, but at the same time, you look at these folks and you know that they are not going to be self-sufficient, not for a very long time, and it's going to be the taxpayers who have to provide for them we have a homelessness crisis here in the united states this will exacerbate it uh here in el paso there literally is no place to house these people they're on the streets uh the mayor of new york has now said uh he's going to release people out onto the streets because he's run out of space to put people this is going to be replicated all across the united states and if the governor of rhode island wants it there you know, that's what we are going to get there. I'm not sure the people of Rhode Island want that. Uh, and they probably should let the governor know about that. Ira, if you could just give out the FAIR website so people can go. Folks, there's a lot of information, incredible videos. And what I love, what my friends at FAIR are doing, like Ira, is on the ground, at the border, firsthand account of what's happening. Ira, how can people learn more? They can go to fairus.org. That's F-A-I-R-U-S.org, fairus.org. Uh, the information is on there. There are also links to our social media sites. We have posted a lot of videos. We, you know, as I said, we brought, brought a uh, drone with us. Uh, we, we have video of the gates opening and people coming into the United States being escorted onto the buses. Uh, you can see it with your own eyes. Uh, so you know, the American public needs to know this. You're generally not getting this from uh, the mainstream media, although there are, you know, suddenly they're interested because it's dramatic. Uh, everybody is down here. Everybody's reporting on it. But up until a couple of days ago, nobody was seeing it. Uh, and, and I'm not sure, you know, what you're going to see on MSNBC or CNN, uh, but you can see it because we, we've documented it. Folks, again, Ira Melman. Ira, great to hear your voice. I will talk to you again. Be safe and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much. remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Well, embattled New York Republican Representative George Santos. Now, again, this guy, he, he doesn't belong there. I'm not going to defend him just because he's a Republican. And he is in some serious legal trouble. After Congressman George Santos turned himself over to authorities, he will return right back here to Capitol Hill, not only as a member of Congress, but also as a criminal defendant. He's still resisting calls from his party to resign and now says he still plans to run for re-election. Congressman George Santos surrendering to authorities, pleading not guilty to 13 federal counts, making his way through a scrum of reporters and photographers to declare his innocence. I'm going to fight the witch. I'm going to take care of clearing my name. Santos is facing charges of wire fraud, money laundering, and theft of public funds. He's also accused of unemployment fraud, receiving thousands in benefits 
even though he had a job making $120,000 a year. Why would you apply for unemployment benefits when you had a job making $120,000 a year? Rachel, this is part of my defense. This is inaccurate information, and I will get to clear my name on this during the pandemic. It wasn't very clear. I don't understand where the government's getting their information, but I will present but my... prosecutors say that you got over $20,000 in unemployment benefits, sir. How is that acceptable? Ma'am, like I said, my employment was changed during the time. I don't understand where the government's coming from. Federal prosecutors say Santos lied to Congress, inflating his salary on financial disclosure forms, and defrauded donors by siphoning funds meant for his campaign to personal accounts, then using it to pay off personal debts and even buying designer clothes. He surrendered his passport and was released on a $500,000 bond. But still, Santos is defiant, not backing down. Are you planning on running for re-election? Yes, I am. For months, he's been at the center of controversy, accused of lying about nearly every aspect of his life, from his education to his background. And now at least a dozen House Republicans are calling on him to resign. It's a distraction. And, uh... And it's a punchline. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who is counting on Santos's vote to remain in power, is not calling for him to step down. But for the first time, making it clear he will not support Santos's bid for re-election. Santos has a lot more. But I think, I think he has other things to focus on his life than McCarthy keenly aware of his razor-thin majority in the House. As for Congressman Santos, he's due back in court June 30th. He's also facing a separate investigation by the House Ethics Committee, as well as fraud charges out in Brazil. A hearing on that case is expected later today, George. Yeah, let's bring in our chief. All right, in the meantime, they need his vote. He's obviously got some legal challenges, to say the least. Now, listen, that guy is, come on, I mean, he is a pathological liar. Uh, I think this whole thing's going to come crashing down on him. Once he, in fact, uh, sees the inside of a courtroom and all this foolishness he's been saying. But for now, for now, as a matter of fact, he, he serves a purpose for his vote in Congress. Now, talking about the border, things are very serious down there. Border restrictions, Title 42, set to end. Let's pick up the report from GMA. Good morning, Robin. You can see behind me hundreds of migrants there remaining, hoping to get processed by Border Patrol on the U.S. side there. This as this will be a monumental day with huge implications for U.S. immigration policy. This morning, thousands of migrants crowding all along the southwest U.S. border as one of the most consequential immigration policies in U.S. history is about to end. Title 42, the health policy that allowed officials to quickly expel most migrants at the border without allowing asylum claims, ends just before midnight. We are clear-eyed about the challenges we are likely to face in the days and weeks ahead. For months, officials worried about a spike in migration post-Title 42, but in a twist, it seems that spike has come before the policy ends. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz saying, quote, the increase that we have seen in the last five to seven days was really the surge. After May 11th, I don't expect us to have the 17 to 18,000 crossings per day some people predicted. And in some ways, applying for asylum about to get harder and riskier. New rules to apply, plus, if denied, a five-year ban on re-entry to the U.S. We've been here for days now watching as hundreds if not thousands of migrants have crossed from Mexico going under this concertina wire and are now trapped in the shadow of the U.S. border wall in the harsh desert conditions. Now inside that wire, Santiago Volkova, a Venezuelan migrant we met earlier who has now waited near the border wall for about a week. We crossed the river to speak with him, but he told us Border Patrol did not want him speaking to the press, so we spoke discreetly by phone. What he's saying here is that they don't have water, they need food, they need supplies, and because they now can't leave this side to go back to Mexico, they don't know what they're going to do. 
Now, Border Patrol is saying that facilities in five of its nine uh, regions along the U.S. southwest border are over capacity, but that does leave four regions with capacity. So Border Patrol says they're transferring migrants to ease the burden. But, you know, this is, even if there's not a, a huge spike in migration right at this moment, this is the kind of issue, George, that's going to play out over the next weeks, months, even years. And for the Biden administration, a series of practical problems as well, looking ahead to 2024, political problems. No question well. about that. That is situation at the border. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. AtMed Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At AtMed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They're on duty at all times. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical. Now, if you're in a car accident, go to AtMed Urgent Care. Avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms. They also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing, at-med urgent care when it's an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, that's right, in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. I said and predicted I said it would be a good thing for President Trump to go on CNN and do a town hall meeting. And many, I received email from some of you, absolutely not. This is a trap. He should not be doing it. It's not worth the risk. I can't believe you. You know what? What happened? He went on and he owned it. And it turned out to be a fantastic idea that he did that. Less, Not so much for CNN. Let's listen to some of the coverage the Trump town hall on CNN. The battle over the border was among the issues addressed by former President Trump during a televised town hall in New Hampshire last night. The event packed with Trump supporters, both closely watched and immediately controversial with Trump renewing a number of false claims. NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Hakes on the story. Garrett, good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. Yeah, Mr. Trump appeared at this CNN town hall in New Hampshire, where the audience, according to CNN, was made up of likely Republican and undecided voters. But it was clear this crowd was all in for Trump, cheering him on as he repeated lies about the 2020 election, dug in on January 6th and on his civil rape trial, and on many of the issues that could decide whether voters will send him back to the Oval Office. Please welcome the frontrunner for the Republican nomination, former President Donald Trump. Overnight, former President Donald Trump, the Republican frontrunner, showing voters he hasn't changed. Mr. Trump again pushing lies and conspiracy theories about the 2020 election he lost and going further in his support of people convicted of crimes related to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can't say for every single one because a couple of them, probably they got out of control. I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a very... And it will be very early on. The former president also describing his supporters who attacked the Capitol on that day, which left five people dead, this way. They were there with love in their heart. That was an unbelievable and it was a beautiful day. He refused to give an answer on whether he'd back U.S. ally Ukraine. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. Russia invaded Ukraine over a year ago, and the U.S. has backed Ukraine throughout its resistance in one of the major conflicts Mr. Trump would face as president. On another, the economy, Mr. Trump downplaying the consequences of America defaulting on its debts. I say to the Republicans out there, if they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. But while he was president, Republicans voted to raise the debt ceiling three times, allowing the country to borrow more money to avoid default. Economists say defaulting could trigger a massive recession and lost jobs. Pressed on whether he would sign a federal abortion ban in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, Mr. Trump refused to say. 
President Trump is going to make a determination what he thinks is great for the country. The audience seeming very supportive of Mr. Trump, cheering and laughing throughout the event, including when he continued to attack E. Jean Carroll, just one day after a New York jury found him liable for sexually abusing her in 1996 and for defaming her in his denials of the assault. And I swear to I have no idea who the hell... She's a whack job. You... President Biden's campaign responding to the town hall overnight with a tweet reading, It's simple, folks. Do you really want four more years of that? While urging people who don't to donate to his reelection. Savannah. Well, the fact of the matter is no one wants, no one wants four more years of Biden, but they are losing their minds over the Trump town hall. And the, the fact that, um, and how about this when he even went after Caitlin Collins? The crowd loved it. The crowd absolutely it's loved it. Thing. You are a nasty person, I'll tell you. Can you answer why you, why you held on to the document? I was negotiating and we were talking. A simple thing. You are a nasty person, I'll tell you. Can you answer? I don't understand. You know, I also want to mention the person that was saying, um, you just heard a reporter saying, and the five people that died that day, that's not even true, though. Because one of the people went to the speech and then had a heart attack over near the eclipse. Another per- two, two of the people that died never, never even were anywhere near the Capitol. And, and when you have crowds of over 100,000 attending anywhere, p- people, things happen. And there were individuals, I still remember that, the, the wife of one of them saying, I told him he shouldn't go, he has diabetes, he has health problems, I told him he shouldn't have gone to Washington. There was a lot of walking. That had nothing to do with inside the Capitol. Brian Sicknick had a stroke later. He seemingly, I don't know what his health conditions were. He left, went back to work. And then, you know, Ashley Babbitt was, was shot and killed by, by the guard as she was going to go through there. And then there was another woman that, that had taken fentanyl. I mean, there were there were so many people in D.C. that day. But even that's disingenuous. On a day that five people were killed, that's not true. Five people were killed. One of the guys was at this speech. He was overweight. He shouldn't have been there. He he should have been in a, probably in a hospital. And he went, and then he he had a stroke. But like, what do you like? They're not even. They're so disingenuous about it. But listen to the reaction, Morning Joe. They're just out of their minds about the whole thing. Complete. I'm, I'm constantly telling people not to catastrophize over Trump, that he's actually going to lose because he keeps drilling down deeper and deeper into his base. Um, but it is, it is uh, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm going to use catastrophizing language here. Uh, but it was it was just it was disgraceful on every level. It showed uh, I won't I wouldn't say it's dangerous for democracy because we passed that a long time ago, but it showed the corrosive effects of Trumpism over eight years. And I've got to say, I, I, I the, the most shocking part was an audience who cheered on a president who tried to overturn American democracy, an audience that mocked and ridiculed a woman uh, who a jury of her peers, Donald Trump's peers, found had been sexually assaulted. Those Americans there last night turned that into a punchline, laughed and dismissed cops getting the shit kicked out of them. All right, hold on. I didn't January know that he was. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass., they offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, in the summertime, spring, fall, mosquitoes, and many other pests. 
Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's once a month. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Residential and commercial, whether it's an office building, a school, a hotel, a restaurant, or your home. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401 739 1322. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Folks, joining us right now, he has announced he is a campaign. He's going to challenge state senator, well, excuse me, U.S. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, and it is Republican Ray McKay. Ray, first of all, good to uh, talk to you. We've spoken in the past, and congratulations on the announcement of your campaign. Uh, good morning, John. Thank you for having me on, and uh, thank you for uh, the announcement. Congratulations. Uh, we're looking forward to a uh, good 18 months. Talk to, you know, take me inside. What has brought you to this point where you are ready to be the challenger against Senator Sheldon Whitehouse? Well, this has been a long time in coming. I see a lot of problems going on in Washington. Um, our senator no longer reflects uh the beliefs and the needs of, of our people. We see inflation out of control. We see gas prices out of control. Utilities are out of control. And his focus is on a, uh, a narrative uh, that doesn't help America, doesn't help the senior citizens, uh, doesn't help the average everyday people, the, the young folks who are just joining the workforce. Uh, he's more about his, uh, his narratives, uh, one-sided, um, and he's no longer about America. You know, Ray, I've interviewed you in the past. If you wouldn't mind just to bring people up to speed, you're lifelong, not only Republican, but a conservative. Um, you've never veered from that. Certainly not even, you know, uh, I wouldn't say, in the, you know, you're not a moderate. You're you're a conservative. But um, and I know you're a veteran. But if you wouldn't mind, just touch on a little bit just so people understand how you arrived at this moment in time. Sure. So I am a Rhode Islander, born and raised here. I grew up on the east side of Providence, uh, spent 11 years in the United States Army, uh, 26 years with the city of Warwick. I'm a father, uh, I'm a grandfather, and uh, dare I say, as I said in my announcement, I'm a great-grandfather one time. Uh, I take a look at the kids that I have today and I look at the future of America and uh, the desire uh, for them to prosper. America has offered so much to so many people in the past. Uh, I want that to continue. Uh, going forward for my kids and my family and and again all americans everybody deserves to be at the table nobody deserves to be left behind ray what do you make of um senator whitehouse's almost obsession with the supreme court i i find it uh difficult that he's gone down this road um especially against one man um do there need to be fixes with the Supreme Court, of course it does. Um, is Clarence Thomas the only bad individual? If he's in, if, in, if he is even indeed bad, um, and the answer is no. Where was Sheldon Whitehouse when somebody in the Supreme Court leaked something? I didn't see Senator Whitehouse rushing up there saying, Oh my goodness! There's been a breach of protocol. That's right. Uh, we've compromised uh, the integrity of the court because someone's leaking. He wasn't there for that. So again, we're back to the senator not representing all America. He's pushing a political narrative because uh, uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas uh, had some wealthy friends. And and uh, I'm just curious when you say, does the Supreme Court need some? Uh revisions or reform and you said of course it does i'm just curious what what you had in mind or is there someone that has spoken out about it that you've agreed with their position i uh, know actually we had a, a piece uh, that we shared with ed fitzpatrick um uh, in, in regards to there are certain protocols that should be established for the supreme court in regards to ethics that aren't there at the moment. Okay. Uh, we've, I've got some uh, uh, people on staff who advise me in that regards because I'm not a lawyer. I spent yep. 26 years as a um, 
network and uh, telecommunications manager with the city of Warwick. So I bring people uh, on board who know what they're talking about in regards to the legal issues. And I was advised that the court uh, should have a, uh, a reform in regards to the ethics. Folks, again, we're speaking with Republican challenger to Senator Sheldon Whitehouse for 2024, Ray McKay. Ray, I'm curious, um, back in 2018, Judge Bob Flanders ran against uh, Senator Whitehouse. Um, I'm just curious, any thoughts on that campaign or, you know, hindsight 2020, do you think there's an area that the Flanders campaign should have focused on more? I, I think uh, Judge Flanders ran a good campaign. Judge Flanders is a good human being. He's a decent human being. Uh, and I think that's what's been the biggest problem for Republicans all along the way, including Alan Fung, who should be in Congress right now, yep. um, is that we play too nice. Uh, the Democrats and the progressives don't care. Yep, um, They're mean-spirited, and the Republicans play too nice. And you can't beat a bully by being a nice guy every once in a while you have to punch the bully in the nose um talk to me on your views on uh u.s role with ukraine we need to support our friends and allies we need to be very careful as an army veteran we need to be very careful that we do not go down the slippery slope where we become engaged in a quagmire um, we're sending advisors over there right now. We sent battle tanks over there. The battle tanks that we are sending over there are not something anybody just jumps onto and takes a ride on a Sunday cruise. Right. Um, they're intelligent pieces of machinery, and there's training that needs to go on with those. So we're going to be sending people over there to train their forces. My concern is that during the training, uh, Russia sees this as an as an issue or an opportunity uh, to interdict itself and take out some of our tanks. And all of a sudden, we have one, two, three, five, ten, twenty dead Americans. And does that pull us into it even further? So there's a caution there. Yes, we support our friends and allies. Uh, we must be very careful where we deploy our soldiers uh, or we go back. You take a look at Vietnam. That's how we started there. We sent advisors into Vietnam in the 60s and Lo and behold, a decade later, we were leaving. Is China our enemy or an adversary? China is definitely an adversary. They have opposing political views on almost everything. Um, an enemy is a hostility. We're not at hostility yet. We have very different ways of lives uh, between the two countries, our philosophy, our human rights. Uh, we have stricter standards, better standards than the uh, Chinese do. So I would go with adversary at this point in time. Um, very cautious because, again, an enemy is a declaration that there is, yeah, we, we can't turn back. It's, it's a war coming. And I hope we don't get to that point. Unfortunately, our government with our uh, investment in China, and I say investment in China, you take a look at where all the solar panels and are coming from and the batteries and all the uh, minerals to make them, 50-plus uh, percent come from there and the Congo. So our federal tax dollars are going to the Chinese. I scratch my head on that one, uh, but that's what Senator Whitehouse uh, is in favor of and the Biden administration is in favor of. Ray, you, and again, folks, speak with Ray McKay, Republican challenger to Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. The election will be November next year, 2024. Ray, that's also a presidential election. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of the current field? Are you supporting any, so far, any of the Republican candidates running for president? At this point, at this point in time, John, I am not supporting anybody. I'm running for the United States Senate. Uh, to take a look at what they have to offer and everything else that just goes above and beyond where I need to focus. Uh, my focus right now is on the United States Senate with Sheldon Whitehouse and taking him on and representing these people of the state of Rhode Island better. Uh, whoever comes out of the uh, presidential primary, I will obviously fully support. Now that we know uh, Joe Biden has announced his intense re-election and uh, Mr. Kennedy um, is also joining that mix 
uh, on the Republican side, I'm going to wait and see whoever comes out. But I've got to focus on my race, and that's going to be all-consuming. What about in 2016 when there was the Republican uh, presidential primary in Rhode Island? I'm just curious, Did you was there someone that you supported or voted for? Oh, there was. Um, in 2016, uh, Donald Trump at the time was not my choice. Um, going back to the day, I believe, um, I was initially, let's see, 12, 16, going back a little bit here. I believe I was a Ted Cruz guy. back. I thought so. Okay. Okay. A lot of conservatives were, um, Ray, I'm also curious right now, Rhode Island resources are being overwhelmed, uh, because of the amount of illegals coming into the country, the border, it's an open border. And, and on top of that, Rhode Island happens to be a sanctuary state. We're seeing more and more violence. We're seeing cartel violence in Providence. Governor McKee, who said that um, President Biden is the greatest president Rhode Island's ever seen, he has now given them driver's license. Where's Ray McKay as far as the illegals that are coming into the country and then setting up shop here in Rhode Island? Well, the biggest thing is we need to secure our nation. We need to secure our borders. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, you go back to the days of Ronald Reagan and Tippie O'Neill. They came down with an agreement between two men in 1986. Uh, we were going to allow 3 million uh, illegal aliens to become American citizens, part A of the agreement. Part B of the agreement was to secure the border, and that was in 86. So the Democrats and the Republicans for the past three decades have failed miserably on securing our border, and that needs to be changed. Um, sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, I don't understand. I don't know how anybody thinks that's allowed in the Constitution, the law. We have laws about immigration to the United States of America. Uh, there is nothing in federal law or state law that allows any city or state in the nation to declare sanctuary city, that we are not going to adhere to the laws of the nation. So why Rhode Island thinks that they're above the law is beyond me. Uh, but we definitely need to secure our borders. We need to uh, enhance and, and tweak our immigration system. And there are an awful lot of immigrants who have come to the United States legally uh, who find what's going on at the border uh, repulsive. And the narrative, obviously, is, oh, we've got to be good to these people and everything else. They need to be taken care of in their own countries first. And we need to focus on that. Hey, we again, we have to secure our border. We have to take care of our own people. Uh, you take a look at California, New York, and all around the nation, and we have homeless, homeless all over the place in the United States of America. Yet, we just sent 1,500 additional soldiers to process illegal aliens. So I think our ideas, our morals, a little sidetracked in the narrative of the progressives and the uh, woke regressives uh, of Washington are misplaced. They're not taking care of the American people. Uh, Senator White House should be up front uh, pushing for support of the American people rather than supporting the president and the open borders crisis that they've created. It's a humanitarian crisis that both the senator and the president have allowed to occur at the southern border. Folks, again, he is Ray McKay, Republican. He is challenging Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. Ray, congratulations again on the announcement of your campaign. I'm sure we'll talk to you again, and uh, good luck on the campaign trail. Thank you, John. Good talking to you. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J, letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Online at J. 
perrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Well, President Trump, as I predicted, it was a huge night for him with that CNN town hall meeting. Listen to just some clips of it. My question to you is, will you pardon the January 6th rioters who were convicted of federal offenses? I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can't say for every single one because a couple of them, probably they got out of control. But, you know, when you look at Antifa, what they've done to Portland, and if uh, you look at Antifa, look at what they've done to Minneapolis and uh, so many other, so many other places. Look at what they did to Seattle and BLM, BLM. Many people were killed. These people, I'm not trying to justify anything. But you have two standards of justice in this country, and what they've done, and I, I love that question, because what they've done to so many people is nothing, nothing. And then what they've done to these people, they've persecuted these people. And yeah, my, my answer is, I am most likely, if I get in, I will most likely, I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a very... And it'll be very early on. And they're living in hell right now. So when it comes they're to living pardons, in hell. And they're policemen and they're firemen and they're soldiers and they're carpenters and electricians and they're great people. Many of them are just great people. <laughs> now, a lot of people wouldn't understand that. And again, that is President Trump talking about J6. I will tell you, I agree with that. I understand it. I witnessed it firsthand how the rioters even just, you know, he's talking about what happened. That happened all over the country. What the media and the, the left and the progressives, what they, they don't want you to remember what you watch with your own two eyes. As the summer of 2020, every major city was under attack. The rioting, the looting, the burning, the violence, destroying police stations. Everyone, everyone watched it and let them watch them get away with it. I watched it locally, let them get away with it. There are. He is exactly right on this. President Trump, that was a huge, huge night for him on CNN. Huge. And it shows he is not changing. They don't understand. And, and how about there? all these people screaming that CNN allowed the Republican front, front runner, front runner uh, to get an hour of television in a town hall style meeting as opposed to what? See, that also shows like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez Okay, so of course, AOC, she was so upset. This is terrible. And they're all blaming CNN. You, you shouldn't even give him what, like, see, they don't want to discuss anything. They're non-negotiable. And they're all turning on CNN. Here she is, as a matter of fact. This is her reaction. I, I know you said earlier that you will not comment on the platforming of um, such atrocious disinformation, but... I I would. I think it was a profoundly irresponsible decision. I don't think that it would, I would be doing my job if I did not say that. Um, and what we saw tonight was a series of extremely irresponsible decisions that put a sexual abuse victim at risk, that put that person at risk in front of a national audience. And I could not have disagreed with it more. It was shameful. You know, that's AOC. Would, would they Listen, all right, how do you counter that? Two words, Bill Clinton, right? The Democrat Party had no problem when it was their person in the Oval Office. So that that's a wash. What they're saying, what she's saying, they don't even understand why no one's paying attention to it. And it cancels out. You can't have it both ways. You absolutely can't have it both ways. That's what's going on. That's what's happening with it. And this whole argument that he should not even be given a platform to speak. So CNN, they were very upset, and they were attacking their own network over it. But I'll tell you what people heard last night, why it was the right decision. Hey, I didn't say he's easy. Keelan Collins, the hurry, his answers are his answers. Listen to this. What happened? I think it's a very sad thing for our country. I think it's a very sad thing, frankly, for the world, because if you look at what's gone to our country, our country has gone to hell. Our borders are bad. Our military has been bad. You look at the taxes. You look at inflation. What's happened to inflation? It's just destroying our country. Uh, we've really become, in many ways, a third world country. 
And it's very sad what's happened in this administration. And it's uh, something that will turn around on day one. We were energy independent. Now energy is at a level that we've never had to pay before. We Nobody can afford to continue to pay what's happening with energy. But we were energy independent. Uh, we were getting out of Afghanistan with strength and with dignity. And instead we got out, we looked like fools. Probably the most embarrassing President. moment in the history of our country. And what the other side and the liberal media and what people don't want to acknowledge is there were people nodding the head and agreeing with that. You know, someone like a Governor McKee who despises President Trump, he is. He's turning Rhode Island into a third world country. President Trump is right about energy independence. He's certainly right about the economy. And Biden, Harris, here's what has the other side nervous, is that Biden and Harris are weak. And even Democrats don't want Biden to run again. They're afraid of Trump. There's no question about it. But spare me the outrage over the the victim or whatever happened in New York, whatever happened in a department store, whenever whenever it was, 40 years ago. I don't, I, you know, who knows? I have no idea. But this business that he shouldn't be allowed to speak and CNN shouldn't even give him a platform. Listen, what they did, okay, so... He has his answers. You're not going to change him of that. You're not going to beat him into that. But if you really listen, what the CNN and and the Democrats and the progressives and AOC, what they're really saying is he should not be given a platform to speak. That's what they're really saying. That's what they're actually really saying. And then you heard had Anderson Cooper and Jake Tapper afterwards. And of course they were upset. And they were disgusted. Listen how they view it. Washington, and it was an interesting night. Uh, Mr. Trump's first lie was told just seconds into the night with his false familiar claim that the 2020 election was, quote, a rigged election. And the falsehoods kept coming fast and furious about the January 6th insurrection, about the threat to Vice President Pence, about Pence's ability to overturn the election, about COVID, about the economy and more. He called a black law enforcement officer a thug. He said people here in Washington, D.C. at Chinatown don't speak English. He attacked Caitlin as a nasty woman because she was trying to get him to answer a question. Perhaps most chillingly, the day after a nine-person jury of his peers in New York found him liable for sexual battery and defamation and ordered him to pay writer E. Jean Carroll $5 million, he made fun of her account of her sexual assault. And many in the audience laughed. Right. Hey, listen, you're the ones that assembled the audience. President Trump just went in and did the town hall meeting. Spear me the the falsehoods. Spear me the falsehoods. Congressman Cicilline is leaving office. He's a pathological liar. Governor McKee is a complete liar. He can't even tell the truth about what his relationship's like with the attorney general. So spear us the falsehoods. This is about leadership in the direction of the country. But it was a huge night for President Trump. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. I was um, looking where there was an article that, of course, you know, it's going to be a huge day. Abortion bill puts Rhode Island Senate Committee back in the spotlight. They love this. State Senate Judiciary Committee. This is Boston Globe. Pivotal role. Legislation. Abortion and guns. Equality Abortion Coverage Act. On April 27th, the House voted 49-24 for the legislation. Provides abortion coverage in the health insurance plans of Medicaid recipients and state employees. This afternoon, Janet Senate Judiciary Committee, Senate version, of course, sponsored by Senator Bridget Valadere, North Kingstown Democrat, whose entire purpose of being up there is for this. So advocates feel they have a lot of strength on the committee. Um, what, let's just be really clear what this is. Let's just be very, very, very clear what this is. And it's all about the wording. Because when people hear things like equality and its coverage, your first response, I believe, would be, well, of course, there should be equality and whatever type of coverage. But what are we talking about? Equality in Abortion Coverage Act. So everyone has to pay. And I know they want to use the extreme examples. I get that. Right? Rape, incest, health of the mother. However, 
what percentage is that really of people that are having the procedures, right? How many are actually just, it's another form of birth control? How many where there are poor choices made? I know they like to use the example always of rape, incest, life of the mother. Well, what percentage? I don't hear anyone answer that. What percentage is that? Is it, you know, we're, we're, what I mean is cases that fit that category. Is it 1%? Is it 2%? Are decisions being made on something that 95 to 98% of the time don't even fit into the category that they're using? Make no mistake, they can use all this wording. And Governor McKee and Helena folks, this was a big issue for her. But make no mistake about it. What, what it really is, is it's, it's the taxpayers have to pay it. You have to pay it. We have to pay it. For their, most of the time, their poor choices. And for some at the state house, with all the problems right now in the state and in our society, but for many up there, that is their issue. It's the only thing that matters. Let's see whether or not it's actually going to make it to our full vote. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401 401- 580-1852 Limitless Outdoors Dream, Build, Enjoy Enjoy